Hi there. My name is Tyler Bopp, and I live in Whopperton, Michigan. It's a little town of the northern coast of the Upper Peninsula, and it is the greatest place in the world. My dad owns a candle shop near the center of town, and lately business hasn't been great. He blames the lack of tourism, which I find ridiculous because Whopperton is the greatest place in the world. I figure that the reason nobody else recognizes this is because the word hasn't gotten out on Whopperton. And therefore, I've created a podcast, the most popular form of entertainment, to show all that Whopperton has to offer. So please sit back and relax as I take you around my town. Welcome back, my lovely audience. You sure look handsome and or cute today. Did you do something with your hair? Because it does look lovely. Now that I've lured you in with vague compliments, I'd like to thank you for joining me on episode three. We've come a long way since I started the show, and while I haven't seen any new faces coming to the candle shop, I know that this episode will be the blueberry pie scented candle that will lure you to our open windowsill. Because today we talk about food. They say the way into a podcast audience collective heart is through their collective stomach. And nothing is more irresistible than the fine cuisine of Whopperton. A little fun fact, Whopperton was actually named after the famous Burger King burger, the Whopper. During the 2008 housing crash, Whopperton had an economic crisis that was solved by selling the town's naming rights to Burger King as a publicity stunt. The name was changed from Silver River, Michigan to Whopperton, Michigan. And the media hardly took notice or even cared that much. But we still retain an excellence in culinary arts from our shift in title. The town is home to many restaurants and bakeries, but the newest food attraction is a hot dog stand at the top of Sawyer Hill, located near the nice part of town. I tried to get an interview with the owner, but she was a bit unresponsive. What is it about hot dogs that make them your passion? You're very pretty. What she lacked in words, she made up in taste because that was the best Whopperton-style hot dog I've ever had. There are plenty of other hotspots to satisfy your millions of taste buds around town. But unfortunately, due to the continued search for Dan Norbury's delivery boy, Todd Watterson, the earlier curfew is still in effect, and I have limited time to be out for interviews. It's been a week now, and while I am peeved, I hope Todd is found. And I'll make the best of a bad situation by tackling as many food locations before curfew is in effect. First up is Whopperton's premier restaurant, La Dinde Sexual, a high-class eater at the west end of town run by Leo Gerzel a former culinary school dropout turned high-end restaurant owner. I can think of no better person to talk about the finer side of Whopperton cuisine. Where are the shallots? We open in eight hours and I do not see a single shallot soaking bin prepared, you lazy armadillo! Hello, Mr. Grizel. We are closed. Michelle, I told you to lock the doors from the dirty public swine. It's okay. I'm not looking to eat. I said we are closed. My fine cuisine would never fall wasted upon a child's underdeveloped palate. My palate is very refined and I take great offense. I will take this interview elsewhere. The press? Wait, little boy. Who are you working for? Cook's Illustrated? The Washington Post? <gasps> Savoir. Yes. Oh, three mon ami! I am sorry, garçon. If the world is finally ready to hear the ballad of Leo Grisel, then who am I to deny them? Please, sit down, sit down. Thank you. Would you like a glass of red? I'm 14 years old. Ah, of course. Michel, get our guest a glass of the finest house rosé. That's okay. I can't stay long. I'd like to get to the interview. Of course, of course. Michel, cancel the glass and use it to soak the shallots! Leo Grizel, the day you opened your restaurant, the town was changed forever. What caused you to open such a fine eatery here in Whopperton? 
Oh, I did not choose Whopperton, but rather, Whopperton chose me. I took my restaurant idea to all the big cities of America, but the masses gazed upon my creative genius and shriveled away in fear. Idiot after idiot denied me for a loan, and I ended up settling for a building that was cheap enough for me to afford. Yes, if it wasn't for this poor town, the world would not know of my fine dining. Whopperton isn't poor. Hmm? Sure, whatever. I was lucky enough to find a building right next to such a wealthy part of town. For now I know my customers will be of a class intelligent enough to understand my cooking. That brings me to my next question. As Whopperton's only restaurant that requires background checks for reservation, why do you hold your customers to such a high standard? If I hold my food to such a standard, why should I hold my customers to anything less? Every day, Michel comes into work at 5 a.m. and starts to knead the bread. He kneads the dough for an hour and places it in the oven at exactly 6. Then he perfectly sets every table in the restaurant, making sure there is absolute symmetry. At 7, he goes to the docks to be the first person in line in the markets when they open, to get the freshest fish caught that morning. He then buys the ripest vegetables and the tenderest meats from the grocery store and returns at 8, at which point he spends two hours mincing the produce. At 10 a.m., I roll out of bed and come to the restaurant, where Michel has prepared me a cup of French-pressed black coffee with two creams and a sugar. I take the bread out of the oven and eat it, as I check to make sure every table is perfectly symmetrical, or else Michel must redo it. Michel then kneads the dough to make the bread that will be served when the restaurant opens at 7 p.m. I watch as Michel prepares the various meats and then makes me lunch. Michel then soaks the shallots! I don't have a lot of time. Right. My apologies. But you see the efforts that I put into each dish. This is why, on some nights, I will only allow one diner into the restaurant. You turn my family away three times when we try to eat here. Well, I must have had my reasons. For the most part, I only take those living east of here. I do not like to serve most of the people in this poor little town. Whopperton isn't poor. Sure, whatever you say. Anyway, only the finest can eat at La Dinde Sexuale. I notice that you don't have turkey on your menu. Why would I serve turkey? It is a filthy American bird. Well, because your store is named after turkey. It is not. It's called the sexual turkey. It is called Latin sexual. But that means the sexual turkey in French. Nobody in this dirty, poor town knows how to speak French but me. Whopperton isn't poor. It's not dirty. It is a poor and filthy town full of poor and uncultured people. You didn't even know the name of your restaurant. Well, of course I did. You named it that because you thought the French would sound cool. You don't even speak French. How? Dare you! I lived in Paris studying the cuisine for ten years! You dropped out of culinary school because you didn't know how to prepare poultry. You swine! You dirty pig! Who sent you here? My, your name isn't even Leo Gerzel. It's Liam Gertrude. Get out of my restaurant this instant! You don't wash your hands before cooking. Out! Out! That accent is fake. Y'all can't prove anything. Thank you, Liam Gertrude, for your stupid interview. If you plan on eating at his restaurant during your visit, make sure to get a reservation a month early, as it is the only way your request will be considered. On the more affordable end of the food spectrum here in Whopperton, we have plenty of cafes, stores, and restaurants that offer a variety of flavors throughout City Center. Among these restaurants is Whopperton's highest rated eatery on Yelp, Dan's Hot Fish, owned and operated by Whopperton heartthrob Daniel Norbury. Even with his best delivery boy missing, he still took the time to let me interview him. What a guy. When it comes to affordable food, I can think of no better person to interview. Thanks for taking the time to do this interview. No problem. I'll be honest, we need a new delivery boy stat, so we aren't being picky. Oh, I'm not here for the position. I'm actually here to interview you. Oh, I mean you called saying you wanted an interview. <laughs> I guess I should have been more specific. <laughs> the bike has a flat. I've got five orders I've got to get out. <sighs> okay. 
You can take my car, but I don't want a scratch on it. Get back here ASAP. Sure thing, boss. Look, Tyler, I don't want to be rude, but things are pretty busy around here. I don't think I can do an interview. Uh, what if I did the interview while you're working? It's important to me, and I promise it won't be long. Oh, uh, what the hell. Your family's always been a regular here. It's the least I can do. Let's take this up to the counter. Then. Sure thing, boss. What can I get for you? Yeah, I'll have a hot sea bass on rye. Coming right up. Barb, I need a number four, high and dry. So as the number one restaurant in Whopperton, what do you credit as the reason for your massive success? Well, I guess it's a bit boring, but I really think it's the food. You know, this used to be a regular fish place that nobody went to. Until one day, I'm cooking, and my wife Barb comes in and accidentally spills an entire bottle of Tabasco on the halibut I was searing. The next thing we know, we're changing our store sign from Dan's Fish to Dan's Hot Fish. And everyone in town is coming in to try what we've got. Yeah, can I get a hot fish and chips? Mild or hot? Hey, it wouldn't be a hot fish and chips if it weren't hot, right? <laughs> That's the spirit. Barb, we need a 16 that'll kill your mouth! What would you say is your favorite thing on the menu? Well, the halibut is the original, so I have to give credit where credit is due. But personally, I've always liked the hot salmon fish. It pairs really nice with a bit of milk. Hey, do you have any hot fish pies? Sure, this one's just out the oven. Thanks! That's funny. Captain Bert likes salmon fish sandwiches too. Huh. I haven't heard from Bert in a while. You know we were fishing buddies a long time ago. He said you were rivals. Yeah. Ever since we were old enough to enter that competition, our friendship started to dwindle. He claims I stole a fish from him the first year I won, but it's nonsense. Now he gives me a stink eye every time I see him watching from the dock. It's too bad, too. He's the best fisher I know by far. I wish I could buy what he catches, but he always tells the market not to sell me his product. Here's your sandwich. Thank you. He said you won because you had a fancy fishing boat. When did he say this? Uh, about a week ago. He was talking about me a week ago? He brought it up while telling me about the fishing tournament. Hmm, about a week ago, huh? I changed my mind. I don't think I'm ready for hot. Everything in time. Barb, scratch the kill your mouth and just make it tingle. One day. Is there any news about Todd? Unfortunately, no, but I hope he shows up soon. His family is worried sick. Plus, I could really use his help around here. Todd was such a sweet kid. Whenever my wife had to make a delivery, he would step right up and do it for her. The police haven't found anything in the woods. Their spirits are getting low. That's a lot of information for the police to be telling you. I guess I just picked it up from context clues. He, he just vanished, left to do a delivery, and never came back. You think he's in danger? Well, I mean, he was a happy kid, as far as I could tell. His family was really sweet, so I don't think he'd run away. The only way out of here is by car or train, and no cars are missing, and the station never sold him a ticket. Yeah, can I get some hot greasy tuna? Like, on a sandwich? No, just the tuna. I'll pay extra if you want me to. N no, that's fine. Barb, can you grill some hot tuna and wrap it in paper? It's for eating. Didn't think it was for anything else. Your order will be ready in a minute. Okay. The waiting area is over there. All right. Uh, sorry. I, I guess that if someone's been missing for a week, people's minds jump to the worst. I don't know many people that hate the water sins, and I can only think of maybe two people that don't take kindly to me. People are on edge, and those woods are deep. That tuna guy hasn't blinked since he walked away. It, yeah, I'm going to go talk to him. Did you get everything you need? I think so.
Good luck finding a delivery boy. The job is always yours if you want it. Thank you for the offer, Dan, but I will have to respectfully decline. Man cannot serve both candles and hot fish without loving one over the other. Make sure when you visit to get a taste of authentic Whopperton-style food at Dan's Hot Fish, located at 364 City Center. It's prime real estate, and when Bob's Candle Shop finally takes off, we'll fight with everything we have to secure it. Watch your back. And thank you. Next up, we'll be showcasing a place to satisfy your sweet tooth. Nancy's Sweet Treats is the finest bakery in all of America because it houses Nancy's famous puppy chow, a delicious treat comprised of Chex Mix, chocolate, peanut butter, and powdered sugar. Many people claim their puppy chow is best, but you haven't lived until you've tried Nancy's recipe. Her bakery has been the cornerstone of every childhood to have the privilege of taking place in Whopperton, so I can think of no better person to interview about the baking side of our town's food. Well, hello there, Tyler. Hi, Miss Nancy. Do you have any puppy chow left? Oh, I'm afraid we just ran out, Tyler. I tried to make extra today, but they flew off the shelf just as fast as they always do. That's regrettable. But I probably shouldn't ruin my dinner. Well, if you change your mind, we've got plenty of smaller treats that won't spoil your appetite. Maybe. I see you sold a rhubarb peanut and beet tart. Oh, no. Those never sell. I only make a dozen because I like the smell. Are you okay? Um, yes. Uh, I'm doing interviews about the food of Whopperton for a podcast about the town. You've been the top-selling bakery here for 40 years. I, I was wondering if I could ask you a few questions about your business. Of course. It's good to hear I'm still considered number one. It's taken a lot of hard work and the destruction of many competing bakeries along the way but none have been so irritating as that jam lady across the street. She's all, oh, I'm not a bakery, I just sell jams and jellies. And then she makes those jelly discs, which are just danishes with a stupid name. Competition is the heart that drives the free market. Why don't you tell me about when you first opened your bakery? Oh, well, that was years ago. I could hardly remember. The copper industry was still strong here, even though so many of the mines in the region had shut down by then. Every miner would stop by before their shift, looking for a taste of my baking. I believe Theon Pierce, Sawyer's great-grandson, was the owner of the mining company at that time and was looking to get married. He wanted me to cater the whole event, so I thought it might as well open a store. The wedding never went through, though. I'm sorry, are you looking for something? Sorry. Just seeing if anything interests me. Well, okay, let me know if I can help. Anyway, the store took off pretty quickly, but we've hit a few hard times. I've had to fight to stay afloat, unlike that jam lady. Do you have storage? That's a strange interview question. It's pretty standard. Just want to know how your operation works. <laughs> oh, well, yes, I have storage in the back, but that's it. It's where I keep the ingredients I get from the grocery store. At my old age, I still wake up at 6 in the morning to start baking while that jam lady lazily walks into her store at 9. I guess she's not willing to put her blood and sweat into her craft. Where's the trapdoor? You have a trapdoor to a cellar. Where is it? Tyler, it's almost curfew. I think you should... What's down there? It's just supplies, I swear. I believe you. But why are you so nervous about it? Uh, the landlord, Wilson Pierce, he pays me to let him use it. I never see anything out of the ordinary. When I go down there, it's just files, but he says it's important I keep it secret. 
Okay. I'm sorry I got so intrusive. It's fine, Tyler, but you really should go. Curfew's about to start. Okay. But I did decide on what I wanted. Oh, well, what can I do you for? I'd like two of your finest rhubarb, peanut, and beet tarts, please. Well, 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 someone with a refined palate. <laughs> Thank you. Tell you what, Tyler, I'll give them to you free of charge. Thank you, Nancy. Have a good one, Tyler. But stop snooping around people's storage areas. I will do. Hi, Captain Bert. Ahoy, Tyler. My, you look chipper today. It was a good day. I got my interviews done, and I was able to get these along the way. Mrs. Nancy's tarts. Had a boy, Tyler. I'm sure that made her day. Do you want to try one with me? Sure. Give it here. Kind of earthy. Yeah, I'm not a fan. But if it made her happy, then I'm sure it was worth the money. You can't buy happiness, but sometimes you can buy it for others. I never understood that. I was pretty damn happy when I bought my first fishing rod. I, I think it's more for long-term stuff. But then again, candles have made me happy for a very long time. What are you doing? Just preparing for some sunset fishing. Final chance to catch something for tomorrow's market. Take a picture of the sunset for me, will you? Sure thing, Tyler. You best be going before the curfew is enacted. All right. Hey, Captain. Thank you for your help last week. I'm glad you're my friend. Ah, Tyler. How could I not be friends with such a great kid like you? I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Evening, Chief Granson. I was just on my way home. Tyler, I need you to get behind the car. What? Do as I say. Captain Burt? What can I do for you? I'm going to need to search your boat. What's going on? Tyler, stay back. Do you have a warrant? Right here. He didn't do anything. It's fine, Tyler. Go ahead, officer. Tyler, come here. Wh what's going on? It's gonna be fine. Just come here. No. I'll be fine, Tyler. This happens every so often. Just a shopper getting angry I was watching him. Captain Burt, I'm placing you under arrest for the kidnapping of Todd Watterson. What? You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of he law. He didn't do anything! You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. Do you understand the rights I have just read to you? With these rights in mind, do you wish to speak to me? I had nothing to do with the Watterson boy. He was a good lad. Never did anything wrong. Cranston, what I said to you was just a passing suspicion. Are you sure he's a suspect? What did you say to her? Below deck, we found a picture of Todd Watterson, a cork board with the layout of your restaurant, and several bloody knives. Those knives are for gutting fish, nothing else. And the plans were for a prank. I was gonna put an old fish in Dan's hair conditioner. I swear. I got him a camera a few weeks ago. He's just testing it out at City Center. We're holding you for suspicion. We have enough to take you. Let's go. He didn't do anything. It's okay, Tyler. They can't get anything on me. Everyone go home. Curfew is now in effect. Come on, Tyler. I'll take you home. Tell me what you said to her. I didn't mean for this to happen. I just brought up that he had been walking around my store recently to the police. I didn't know they'd arrest him. I know. I always know. You just think about him because I brought him up earlier. Come on, Tyler. Sun's about to go down. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, more of the same.
I hope you were wearing headphones for this week's episode because they always say tragedy sounds best in crisp ear-to-ear -ear stereo. Leo Grizel was played by Jack Golan, who you can find on Twitter at TheGrolin. How does it feel not being named first, Declan? Tyler Bob was played by Declan Grogan. Dan Norbury was played by Jack Grogan, which feels weird after saying Jack Golan and, and Declan Grogan. Officer Cranston was played by Bridget Harrington, who is a genuine Broadway actor. Wow, what a get. You can find her on her website, BridgetHarrington.com. As always, Captain Burt was played by Jimmy Brown, who is in Top Numbers, Buried Podcast, etc. Miss Nancy was played by Karen Galvin, who is the second person to refrain from plugging something in this credit section. What a lesson in humility. Speaking of humility, My Town is written, produced, and edited by Declan Grogan, music by Emmett Hoosman. You can find more of Emmett's awesome music at emmetthoosman.com. Make sure to give My Town a great rating so people will stop using air quotes when calling us a podcast. See you next week, and good night. <laughs>